When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the In My Spikes podcast, episode two with Peter Bolt. So there has been a lot going on and there's a lot to go through. I wanted to speak about the Olympic Games. I wanted to compare Rio to Tokyo in terms of the experience, the performance mindset and focus. I want to speak about the key differences this year to becoming an Olympic finalist and finishing top four and what that means for myself, for my family, Fire State Track Club and my support team. I want to also discuss the level of support from back home and the feelings behind that. I figured rather than speaking about all this by myself, I'll invite two of my guys, Robbie Hicks and Lachlan Bradford, who happen to host the Funny Business Podcast, and they will be joining us. I have known these boys for over a year now, featured in their podcast, and even worked closely with them to develop my own podcast. I'll give you the hot tip. It's weird, it's weird down the other end, but we're going to try and switch on. You, uh, <laughs> things have been happening for you, man. Things have been happening. Where are you now? Um, I'm in Germany right now. So I'm back in Tübingen. I call this place my second home. So this is where I base myself every every year when I come for competition, international seasons. Because so yeah, is, is it the Diamond back. League? Yeah, I've got Paris Diamond League and Luzerne Diamond League coming up. So... I basically just live here, just like Melbourne train. And, you know, I, ne- I never really compete here. It's just more to live and have a stable place rather than move from house to house to house. Well, man, uh, I, it's Airbnb funny. To Airbnb. You, you see all the other Aussies going home. They're all in quarantine. And did you see the stuff about um, the people who are from SA that potentially have to do double quarantine? I just, I just read that today, which is, which is quite disappointing. That's 28 days. Wow. You know and what? You didn't even um, have to do any. You know? Yeah, you were just getting coffee. Well, well not, coffee yet, not yet. I don't, I, don't think I'm, <laughs> I don't think I'm escaping quarantine. So when I get back, I'll definitely do my 14 days, hopefully not 28 days. Uh, but also, I think I actually wanted to speak to you guys a bit about, you know, there's been a lot going on. Um, fatherhood coming up. Uh, how are you feeling about that? Man, I'm, to be honest, I'm, I'm feeling all right. I'm pretty nervous. Like my wife was, we were laughing yesterday because, she's about 28 weeks pregnant now, which uh, it's, I feel like only like yesterday we saying, Oh, it's, it's, it's at the end of the year. Don't stress. Don't worry. And like, yeah. she's got, she's buying shit every day. So like things are turning up, like we've got cot and bassinet and more baby things are turning up and I don't know. It's starting to feel very real. It's very, very it. real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and how, how are you finding that balance with, you know, the well-being group as well, um, man, you guys are killing the podcast. What number are you guys up to now? Oh, mate, it ebbs and flows. You know that, baby. We've, we've gone from uh, what, number 200 to number, I think we peaked it. I'm going to say number seven. I could be lying, but uh, I'm probably definitely lying. Well, we're definitely up there for a while there yeah. in the business charts. But yeah, no, it's, it's been an interesting balance because we've, we've uh, 
we've got two parts to our business. I know this pod's about you, but we're happy to have a bit of me time here. And, like <laughs> yeah. We're starting to bring on and hire people for our team. So I guess when we first um, started chatting, had you on our pod uh, earlier last year, it was just me and Locke doing a pod. We're still working our jobs. And since then we've started our business and we've employed some people and got things starting to really hum. It's, uh, it's been so different because everything's sort of happened and we've still been in the same room. You know what I mean? Like we don't have uh, back here in Melbourne still in, in lockdown and well, we're lucky that we're in remote uh, in regional Victoria. So we're not in lockdown, but it's been weird. All this stuff's been happening for us and we haven't really been able to like meet people and see people. And like my wife being pregnant, still haven't seen my mom in like, I don't know, like eight weeks or something. Yeah. She hasn't even, hasn't really seen M with a baby bump, which is a bit weird, you know? Wow. Yeah. I can imagine. Wow. What about you for the in terms of the Olympics then? Because Rio was so much different to Tokyo in terms of uh, no crowds and all that sort of stuff. I feel like you're the type of cat that would uh, thrive off having a crowd there. That would have been super different. <laughs> hey? Yeah, it does. That's really what I want to speak about. So there's, well, obviously there was Rio five years ago, uh, but that was my first. That was my first Olympics. So like, um, I was just excited to be there. You know, from I think I speak a lot about getting so excited about Rio, getting excited about the free McDonald's, um, you know, free phones and all these freebies and meeting all the basketball players. And then there comes Tokyo where there's, it's completely different. It's pandemic, uh, no fans, no crowds. Um, there were still vending machines. There were still free phones. It was just different, man. I think I was just more focused. I was more ready. Um, like this time, I didn't even open my Samsung phone yet. I think I sent that straight back home. So uh, I was I was just there for a job, really. And, what do you mean, Samsung phones? What, what other perks? You mentioned uh, vending machines and that. What are there mobile fo- Samsung phones in the vending machines? And you just go, yeah, I want one of them. No, <laughs> no, I wish it worked that way. So Samsung was a big, big sponsor for the Olympics, and everyone that participated got a free Samsung S twenty one. I think it was. Um, That's not bad. Didn't you mention which is, you were, which is we're pretty chatting cool. the, chat the other day, and you said that you, your brothers cashed in on free TV or some shit before you even got anything with all the media hype and stuff. Man, my, my family's been, I've been watching them and they've been, they've been killing this media stuff. Uh, and I was watching it actually before my race. And, you know, I was, I was thinking, should I be watching these things? Is this, is this distracting? And I was like, no, nah, just, just be you, man. That's, that's who you are. You don't, you don't need to change. Uh, you've, you've been the same for the last four years. You don't have to change when it comes down to the Olympics and, I think that's why I performed so well. The mindset stayed the same. And um, I think I spoke to one of the, one of the reporters about um, just being by myself and just being myself. And I didn't need to get off Instagram. I didn't need to do any extra things to stay focused because I was already focused. Uh, and there's this idea that we speak about with my, with my manager, James. And it's like, once you're ready, you're ready. When you know you're ready, you're ready. Like, you're just ready. You obviously try to avoid all, all distractions but when you're ready you know it when you're fit it's just there and it just clicks well, you had it's, such a, it's the coolest thing you had such an interesting lead up man like being stuck here in oz like you couldn't do you didn't have the same i guess level of competition to push you to run to run that time to get you that automatic qualifier into the olympics and i know that you were here just clocking up w's before you went over over uh <laughs> you know you know what's interesting is uh i didn't actually have a olympic qualifier but i was i was out here on instagram saying road to road to tokyo road to tokyo but i actually didn't have um, a qualifier until up in until up until june like i had i had no qualifier but i knew within myself it was just there i just needed the competition i just it was gonna happen so after nationals um 
I think we're speaking about it. Should we go for a time? And I said, no, nah, let's just, let's just win it. Uh, the time will come. And going to the Gold Coast, it's pretty cool. I ran that standard the first, the first time and the hype was there. Everyone's excited. And, and then did it again the following week. And the plan wasn't actually to go overseas at all. And at that moment, I, I just messaged Justin. And I think James was already speaking to Justin about potentially heading overseas. And I was like, man, job's done here. Let's, let's go. Let's go overseas. Let's, let's meet them in Tokyo. Uh, and we kind of had to weigh out if that's going to ruin your preparation, the risk of COVID, obviously, and all those things. And I was like, you know, you got to take risks. I mean, this whole year has been a risk. And I mean, we could get like, there was restrictions everywhere. There was restrictions in Melbourne itself. Just, I left Melbourne literally two days before the restrictions came in place to go to the Gold Coast. And Joseph, my training partner, left a day later and had to do 14 days quarantine in, in Brisbane. So imagine if I had to do 14 days, like there would be no Olympics. Oh, mate, there'll be a few hot chocolates. Don't worry about that. But uh, <laughs> tell us about like, you know, like you said, like you had that confidence. I remember when we were catching up last year and you were saying like, I'm, I'm in, I'm doing it. And what does something like, you got the qualifier, you're, you're going to the Olympics and then all of a sudden you're over in um, Europe doing this stuff. What does that prepare you for? Is it to see the competition, to get more of an insight, like to get some like speed into the legs? I don't know really. Is it, like match, fitness? Is it like- match fitness? Is it training? No, it's just, it's just being able to, to compete at like high intensity uh, with guys that are like the best in the world. So, you know, Australia, Australia is pretty cool because we started to create this um, high performance culture where, where, you know, two years ago, we were happy with running 146 in Australia. And I just said, we have to change that. We can't, we can't be content with running 146. It's just not going to work. The rest of the world's running 143. Like as, as long as that's your goal to be, to be great in Australia, then it's just not going to work. You go overseas and you just get exposed. Like the first race is like, see this year I was more prepared. I ran 144 twice in Australia before, for heading overseas. That was the first time ever. Um, I ran the fastest time in Australia by Australian. And, and I still think that's not good enough. I still think we should be able to run a lot faster in Australia. Um, and I always say this, it's, it's still 800 meters. Like wherever you go, whether it's like Europe, Australia or wherever, you're still running 800 meters. So you should be able to perform in, and that was the mindset we carried this year, man. And, and I'm glad we did. I was a bit disappointed that Joseph wasn't with me because I think if Joseph was there, we would have been a 143. We could, we could do that, which saves us time to go into Europe a bit earlier. And then it's all confidence, man. Like when I got to Europe and I already had two 144s under my belt, man, I looked at the guys. Um, I respect a lot of these guys. But you just don't fear them. It's different. I can love them. Hey, man, let's talk about Joseph. Yeah, like have all the respect for them, which is cool. Let's talk about Joseph. He's been... Dang fever, baby. He was your biggest supporter. Like, you could see he was just... He loved it. He was watching all the people there watching. He's sharing everything across socials. I'm sure he would have loved to be there alongside you. But uh, having someone like that to train with and, like, go head-to-head with and battle in training, do you think... Having someone like that has been able to push you on because I know you broke his record. I'm sure you would have sent him a little message to say, "Hey, mate, mine." <laughs> no, well, well, well jo- Joseph broke the record in 2018, and and to be honest, I, even even James and just we're a bit disappointed that it took that long for us to break it again. You know, 2018, the boys were on. You know, we went to Stockholm, ran 144. I mean, I think Joseph ran 144 a few times. I mean, he was only 19. Joseph, Joseph is is a different beast. He's, he's talented. 
and at the same time i don't think people understand our relationship is like um joseph joseph is a brother like we we feed off each other like i mean yeah we you kind of get upset and stuff losing to each other but that's that's the feel right um if i get upset to losing to joseph in 144 it means i have to run 143 and you kind of you kind of become better so like we live together and we run the same event and the, the idea that we always entertained was uh, as hard as it is to already make an olympic and there's only three people that can take a spot right um, we wanted two of them which only leaves one spot i mean we didn't get we didn't get it done this this time in in tokyo but that's an idea to entertain for 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 paris for birmingham all these events coming up because until today we actually haven't made a international team together which is which is kind of crazy i just still I mean, commonwealth games done. 2018 when he was there i missed out i was injured 2019 i was at world champs he wasn't and now i'm in tokyo and he wasn't there so yeah it's just it just be cool are you compared it's a cool story because he comes from tumba too when you live together you compete at everything like you play fifa and shit on playstation uh, we play, we, play we, we we do compete in fifa and Joseph is super competitive so you know I I used to just smash him in FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one story in uh we're in South Africa in like Johannesburg Portstrom so southeast of Johannesburg I think and we were there for a training camp and we'd play we'd play FIFA and I was just I was just beating him and he just smashed the controller. <laughs> he was that he was that mad and and then he worked out that man like if i keep smashing controllers this is going to add up it's quite expensive so he just he just put all these hours in and now i can't beat him anymore so so i just don't play him as much he's, like he's just that. unbeatable in fifa at the moment yeah good smooth it's the same thing we used to we used to play basketball we used to like play one on one and i used to beat him all the time and then he just practiced shooting and shooting and shooting and then he became like like it's cool Tell us about um, you're over in the Olympics. What's the vibe like in terms of uh, the athletes, the other athletes, like the Aussie athletes? Is there is there the camaraderie there? Where because I see they, they rock up to the other athletes' uh, events and cheer them on. I saw all the the signs for you, mate. There was uh, you've got the the easiest uh, name to to come up with some fun <laughs> sort of stuff. So I think there was Spag Bowl, uh, yeah. uh, Turn Up the Pete. There's a few good ones, mate. <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw that image and I just I just couldn't stop laughing. Uh, I mean, that was cool to have that support because the stadiums are obviously empty, and you could only really go to your own sport. So to have members of the athletics team come and support, support each other when they weren't competing or when they were done, it, it was pretty cool. So the atmosphere was nice in in a way that we were kind of restricted to being with ourselves within the Australian team. So, and it was great because everyone's Australian team was so supportive. Man, we just we just got around every sport. Um, I think you guys said you saw me at the basketball. I got around the basketballers. Um, got around the boxing. Got around everyone. Just tried to meet everyone. And this also, I mean, no one speaks about it, but man, the staff were unreal. You know, some of the staff they were were just great. We had a barista. It was it was awesome. It's just awesome culture. Like you could just get down and have have coffee like you in Australia. It was sick. What, what, what about the fact that the the COVID like this was such a different games like no crowds, so many different rules and restrictions and masks and COVID tests and tell us a bit about that. Like, what was it like going through that full regime to go through to make sure everyone was safe? Uh, we we were we were prepared for this last year. So when I went to Europe last year, 
and this and this is and this is what it is. You have you have to go to Europe more for the experience rather than the competition. I think because you get to you have to kind of feel everything. So last year in Europe, we had to get COVID tested for everything. Um, you have to isolate maybe for forty eight hours in your hotel room. Like none of this stuff is new. I've already experienced it last year, and and I think I just wrote an article recently, and I said I think the extra year really did help because last year I was only able to run one forty four once. Um, it was just everything so new this year was like oh i've already been through it i already know what to expect i've already competed with our crowds in europe um and you just realize you're still running 800 meters and and last year i realized people are still fast like yes there was covid but i mean so this year like we saw the greatest race i saw was the 400 400 meter hurdles where where this <laughs> where the world record was gone like in the pandemic which is awesome i was looking at the times that they were running jumping hurdles and I was like seeing what time made the semis of the 400 flat and I was like imagine if they were what time they would have run without jumping yeah I, th- I think he's going he's going for the European record in a few weeks uh for 400 flat and to put that into perspective guys okay I'm an Olympian I've made the final so I race against this guy he's running over hurdles I run 400 f- without the hurdles he'll still beat me that's how insane it is <laughs> I was going to ask you, like, how, like, I know you, you do the 800, but when, before you got into the 800, were there any other race or, or distances that you were like, oh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at? Like, was there any, like the 1500, the 400, the 100? Uh, man, I just had a lot of fun with it because I didn't really think athletics was much of a sport, you know, coming, coming to Australia, growing up with my brothers, we just, we just played a lot of, a lot of soccer, a lot of football. Uh, and then when you go to school and everything's compulsory, we just had fun with it. I think I tell a story where, where I had to do long jump, and I think you have three jumps, and I did one jump. It was like six thirty, and I looked at it and I said to my coach, "I think that's enough. That should get the job done." And we just went and did. I did high jump where I jumped one eighty scissor kick because I couldn't frosby flop. So, um, yeah, it's just starting all that school, and then now, like ten years later, it's not a school carnival anymore. You know, it's. It's the Olympic Games. It's, it's a different ball game. I reckon you it's should have done the cool. like that bloke from the four hundred <laughs> hurdles when he got the world record. Yeah, we just like ripped the shirt open. <laughs> ripped the shirt off. Yeah, I was expecting after your semi-final finger wave, kissing to the cameras, <laughs> oh. that might have been a shirt rip. No, but but you gotta you gotta keep you gotta keep the mental energy there though. You know, um, maybe in the final. Maybe if I had if I had won a medal, <laughs> which is which is another thing I actually wanted to talk about. You know. The support, what was interesting was the support was consistent, you know, which kind of it screamed that, you know, the support's there, whether you win or not, like you just, you deserve it. And, and that was like credit to the whole of Australia. Like I literally, till this day, I'm, I'm like, where's my medal? Like, I feel like I won or I have a medal around me with all, with all the hype, with all the papers, with all, you know, that's, that's the power of the stories here. It's just stories are powerful. What you do is powerful. And then when you can put it into a story and be able to share it and tell it, it's pretty powerful. And, and people say, what do, you, what do you hope to achieve out of this? I think just, you know, just share your story. I think it's quite unique if you can share your story. Like if I can motivate you to do what you love doing, not what I love doing, what you love doing and stay consistent and share it with your own story, then, then that's, that's the key, right? And I think we're we're kind of doing all right at the moment. 
A hundred percent. You're doing all right, man. I think that one of the things <laughs> you spoke to us about, which you, you spoke to your coach, um, James around, which was around impact. What, what did, what did you mean by um, going to the Olympics to make an impact? I always, I always felt like, and I always felt like I needed, it needed to be more than just about myself to get to the highest level. I need, it just, just needed to be more purpose. There's going to be more motivation. There's going to be a lot of internal motivation. There's going to be some intrinsic motivation as well, the external motivation, but also that impact and that power, which is like to make your family proud, like things, things that you value, like, like family, your, your country, um, people, and I value people, I value relationships. And, and I say, since I started 10 years ago, every person that's been in that story, I've always, they're, they're always there. So, you know, whenever I go to Perth, um, you know, what's funny is my family, my parents have never told me to go to training once in their lifetime. Like they've never said, Pete, um, one shot training, like, it was, which was cool because they really invested in me as a person, um, which, and on the other side, it wasn't that cool because sometimes I didn't want to go to training kind of feeling lazy and I, I literally didn't go and, and they never told me to go. Um, but my mom, every time I come to Perth, she would say, so my first coach was Bernie Catley. My, my mom would say, go visit your coach, go visit your coach, go visit your coach. Cause that's, that's our family. We're just so close. We invest in relationships. So like, Till this day, she would whenever I go to Perth and and she noticed that I haven't went gone to visit my old coach, she would go say go visit him, or she says how's your teacher Helen? You should make contact with her, go visit her, and we catch up. So there's more important things, you know. Running is running is great. Running is what I've been gifted with and what I'm good at, but there's a lot more important things like relationships, like like people are important. You know, the world is important you've had a fair few people in your corner helping you out along the way like especially in the lead up from the games does anyone particularly want to give a special mention or a shout out to and what they've done to help you yeah as, as i was plotting um the podcast the next few episodes and i just decided to push you know i've had a few guests that are coming up and i just decided to push them a little bit back and change it up so what i'm going to do is I'm going to get them on the pod. So just to speak about it as well, speak about the journey and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll have my teacher on it. I'll have my coaches, you know, Justin, Bernie, um, obviously Joseph. Um, Joseph plays a big part because, you know, athletics is individual. So when we travel the world together, so, and we live together. So there's, there's something familiar there. Sometimes you do miss home, but there's something familiar there. And um, James and, you know, there's just so many people there. And another person was actually, I, I sometimes I like to, I don't know, like dream a lot and visualize a lot. And this year I just figured like I'm in the best shape of my life and, and I need to learn how to cope with it because I'm going to be creating and generating a lot of hype because, you know, going to the final, I saw that like at the beginning of the year, like I wrote it down and when I write it down, I just believe it's going to happen. So, and there was this thing that I had to figure out, well, how am I going to cope with it all? And then I spoke to one of my, uh, one of my great friends, which is Paul O'Brien. He runs um, leadership matters and, and we just went through and just did workshops. Like it was pretty cool. It's like, what do you want your future to look like? And like all the important thing, like in terms of your health, your family, uh, your values. And we went through all that stuff because the goal is to always stay the same, like to progress, but be you. 
and that gets hard once you start achieving things and once you get more people in your corner so i already knew like six months ago like that's what i needed to work on so when it came to competing and all this hype was generated through the rounds i was calm because i did the work for it it's kind of what you were saying with your family like staying grounded and having that human human element i i fucking love that what about when before the rat let's say all the hype's on and you said you dealt with the pressure beforehand what's going through your head like one minute before the the final is it is it the pressures of everything is it the race on what i need to do like how do you how do you like contain yourself like the lead up to the big final the lead up to all the races really like how did is it all going through your head before the race or is it just like focus on the job generally generally there would be so much going through your head before a race uh especially usually i kind of worked out the pattern for me i get nervous the day before or sometimes a day of the race but as soon as i start getting for the race there's like no nerves there's nothing um and you know i was speaking to james and i said i just i just couldn't work out why i wasn't getting nervous like i wasn't getting nervous at all like there was it's just not enough to kind of like be like oh bother me like i remember going to the track for the semifinal for the um, for the semifinals and I was just thinking, oh, these boys are going to be in trouble today. <laughs> I was just feeling that good. Like, I was just feeling great. And I was just, I was just looking. I was like, I just could not wait to get, to get to the start line. I was just that calm. I mean, for the final, for the heats, for the heats, it was a little bit, ner- oh, actually it was in the morning. So I was fine for the heats. It was just, we spoke about these things too. That the heats were going to be the toughest because during the morning, it's going to be hot. It's, it's 10 a.m. You got to wake up early. So when I got that done, I was like, yeah, it's, it's game time. It's time to have fun, you know. And, and then the final was a little bit more to think about. Because in the final, you know, distance running, it gets tactic, tactical. And in the final, all the nine finalists, none of them were front runners. So like the semis, like for the semis, I knew who was going to go lead it. For the heat, I knew who was going to go lead it. Like that was no brainer. Like I just knew. And for the final, I also knew no one was going to lead it either. So I knew it was going to be slow. So I had to just position myself in a place to win at all costs. Um, could have positioned myself a little bit back and and maybe came home with a medal, but I wanted to come home with the best medal. So there was no disappointment that like, okay, you didn't come third. Um, you could have ran a little bit better and came third, but I, I wanted to put myself in the best position to kind of win it because that's what we entertained. And it's like, it's like go for it all, all or nothing, all or nothing. And, yeah. and that's what we did and 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 that's why and that's why i could be at peace i think man watching it watching that lead up you said the same thing didn't you yeah I, when, as soon as the race finished we were screaming at the tv watching and like obviously when you said uh, straight after the race uh, we could see it in your face like you were pumped that you had been there and you could see the impact that you've made but you were still said it straight up I'd, I'd be dis- i'd be lying if i said i was disappointed if i was happy with the result like i'm not you didn't go there to come get bronze you know what i mean you ran that race to win gold and you gave yourself every opportunity through the heats but what i want to touch on before we get into that is like your semi-final in terms of the viewing numbers you had over three million aussies tune in to watch you in the semi and over 3.1 million aussies tune into the final I want to talk 10 about o'clock at night too 10 huh? o'clock at night people are <laughs> waiting to watch you you're on the front page of every single uh paper across the country you're on every news website Everyone on Twitter, you're trending on Twitter, you're trending, tr- trending. <laughs> trending. You're trending. You're trending. <laughs> you're trending. trending on every platform yeah, was, there is. Like, how was that? I thought my sister was trending. I think my family's been is been the funniest to speak to about. 
And my mom would tell me stories that everyone would walk up to her and say, oh, your son, that's your son, that's your son. And they had like all these media, the news, the news people come like since the morning. And, and my sister, like, these guys were here the whole day. We even went and gave them water. Just, and it's just, it's just been cool to generate that much hype. Like, and that's, that's the power of sport, right? And more so, I think that's the power of, power of story. Because, I mean, the sports have always been there. I've always been running 800 meters. It's just when people get the opportunity to kind of listen to your story and get to know you as a person. And, and that's the coolest thing. I think they're obviously invested in the sport and the results, but they were more, they were more invested in me as a person. And, and I think I just can't be thankful enough for that. So, yeah, seeing, seeing the viewings and seeing everything, like, it's like, whoa, like, athletics needs it as well. Um, which was cool and, and it just shows it's like this is not just about you this is about about everyone about your community about your country about people in general so how has it changed your life since then like since you've i know it's only pretty fresh but now it's like the road to paris and now now you do have all the eyes you said you've done the work like like six months before in terms of staying grounded all that sort of stuff how do you how do you how have you seen it change uh yeah, everything really like from now you've gone from sort of relatively unknown to now like this guy is gonna he's going to paris and he's he's going for a medal you know yeah uh, well there's there's a lot more fans which is which is awesome i think i went i went into tokyo with 10k followers maybe and I, i'm pretty sure i'm in, on 46 Point seven, but I'm not keeping loving that sitting in bed looking at all your <laughs> followers, you're pretending like you're not looking, but you are, huh? <laughs> no, it's just it's just being unreal, and um, this is so much messages of support to go through, and it's it's cool, it's awesome, and then like big names, like um, you know, and there's also close people that are always there, like always speaking to you consistently, and um, one person that got behind me was with Johnny Johnny Steph, John Stephenson. He's a hype man, and he'd he'd kind of just he'd give me a call and and hype me. I was like, "You're ready, brother. This is your time now." <laughs> and I was like, "You know, jo- Johnny Steph is is a hype man, and I've, I've known him for a while." And then I speak to Joseph, and and the post Joseph was putting on is like, and someone I was at the airport, and like someone's like, "What's Joseph? Joseph has been posting you so much. Um, does he not? Does he not feel like he needs to be here or disappointed?" I said. I said, of course, he'd be disappointed that he's not here, but like, like, let's not take the focus on how supportive he is right now. Like, that's cool, and I think it's inspired him. And I got a text from Joseph and said, like, um, when we get back, we we need to get to work and stuff like that. And and that was cool. Like, that was awesome. And then there was, you know, of course, Bill Shorten, very good friend of ours. Um, it's actually helped us quite a bit, myself and Joseph. So everyone's like, oh, Bill's. Bill's talking about you. I'm like, yeah, Bill's been our friend for a while. Like he's been there by our side for the last year or so. So that was cool. And then Danny Green, I'm reaching out. Uh, Dylan Alcott, there's a lot of people been reaching out, which is awesome. Eddie, oh, man, it's just been cool. It's been oh, really man. cool. I reckon everyone's having to come back to Oz, man. And then there was a call from, from Scott Morrison, right? Uh, of course, I don't have his number saved. So it was 7 a.m. I get this phone call. I wake up and I just I just hang and put an automated message like, "Sorry, I can't talk right now." And then, I'm, <laughs> and, then I, and then um and then I go back to to listen to the voicemail of Scott Morrison. I was like, "Oh man!" 
<laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> and that was pretty cool. He called back and and just said congratulations and you know the country needed it this time and and all this, which is which is cool, which is awesome. Yeah. How crazy is it that your profile got so big that you hung up on the prime minister? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> but by accident, by accident, by accident. You texted us when, when I'm ready, Scott. Fair. When I'm ready. <laughs> To be fair, I don't, I don't think he knew I was in, in Europe. So it, we he thought we were probably in the same time zone. Yeah, that's, hey, that's fair. Let's chat about after the finals race. You, you've, you come in, the interview that you did, I think that's something that really stood yeah. out for us straight away. It was just like, you're one of the reasons why we, we love you as much as, you, as we do is because you are so genuine, but you, you're such an inspiration, man. And I think that when, I, when we heard how you talk about the end of the day, we're all human, like, to come out and say something like that at that moment with the with all the eyes of the nation on you, I feel like it was fuck it. It would have t- it brought tears to my eyes. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, and heavy. I feel like yeah. so many people across the nation would have felt the same way. Like, did you have it scripted? Did you have it? Did you read it from <laughs> did you your hand? Like, what was going on there? <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't have it scripted, but well, think about it. If if I had won a medal, that interview would have been delayed, and I would have had to do a lap around the oval and stuff like that as well at the same time. No, I didn't. I was just speaking right from the heart, man. Um, and I always do. And above all this, I always just try to be myself, and that's and that's who I am. And and speaking straight from the heart, nothing is scripted. It's just there. Like that's how I felt at the moment, and that's what I've been feeling the whole games. Um, the support of everyone, because I mean, because I do come from a Sudanese background, so everyone's everyone's like, you know, the Sudanese community is so proud, and I'm sad. And of course they are. Um, of course they are. You know that's my background. That's, that's who I am. And that's my heritage. And I take pride in it. And, and so that, those have been the questions like, they're so proud. They're so proud, but, but there was over 300 viewers. So I felt like, yes, they're so proud and I'm so proud to represent them, but three, three million viewers. That's, that's a lot of different people from different groups and that needs, that needs acknowledgement as well. Um, and that's why it was like, yeah, we, we all human at the end of the day. And, and we're just supporting each other based on, based on talent and based on based on your achievements and and you as a person, you know. So it's always great, man. It was it was just straight from the heart, and and I really did mean it. So it's cool. Oh, you made all all the Aussies proud, man. I'm telling you, just the way you handled yourself and the victory lap would have been funny. How many kisses you reckon you would have blown? I reckon I reckon there would have been about a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> who who would I be blowing kisses to? There's oh, no one in those crowds. <laughs> you'll find the camera. Don't worry about that, mate. You'll what find it. Like, like outside of sports, man. Like you've you've now been able to build this profile where people are so aware of who you are and what you do, where you come from, your story. Uh, obviously, your focus is on uh, next year with Commonwealth Games. Three years later to Paris, but you as a person, like I think a lot of the things here that when I was seeing all the media stuff come out there, like one of the things that I've been so impressed with after meeting and spending time with you is like you're an intelligent dude. You really switched on and you care more. It's like more than just sports. What are some of the things that you're hoping to get out of this outside of Peter, the athlete moving forward uh, over the next few years? The good thing. I'm, I'm never afraid to ask questions and I'm never afraid to reach out to people for advice. So, you know, when I spoke to Paul and we went through, through those value system and what I wanted for the future, you know, every few months I'll, or a few weeks, I revisit that, those documents and, and just go through them because sometimes it does get hard. Sometimes things do change. And, and then also Craig Foster, um, he's great. He's, he wrote a wonderful article and 
I just reached out to him on, on I think it was Twitter. And I said, look, I'd love some guidance. I'd love some advice. You know, obviously this is all going to be all new. And, you know, and we jumped on a call for about, about an hour. Was it yesterday maybe? And gave me great advice. And above all, he said, be you. Don't, you don't have to change anything because where you are now, just be yourself. Um, and don't be afraid to make mistakes because you are, as you said, you are human and, and we do make mistakes. So just be yourself above all of this and, and try not to be, you know, don't get pushed around or anything, just stay true to your values. So I think those are, those are more things I'll be focused on and, and those things will keep you grounded and keep you the same. And that's what, and that's what the focus is. And that's why I reached out to Craig and that's why I reached out to Paul O'Brien and, that's why I reach out to my family and and right now it's it's really important to keep that support network very close because um, those people that ground you um, there's going to be a lot of opportunities hopefully um, fingers crossed um, but it doesn't mean you have to accept every single opportunity you know some opportunities just might not align with your values so what are you chasing here and um, and above all of this is to remember to have fun and and literally that's what I did in in tokyo it was so fun and i think you could see it like like it's like dude what are you doing slowing down like you could you could break another Australian record it's like no it's not about the Australian record man let's just have fun it's not about running fast lines like it's like about winning and having fun so above all just remember to have fun oh words to live by i reckon we'll print that on a t-shirt baby and we'll sell that bad boy i reckon (laughs) fun to have fun well the well-being right um, it's all about your mental health and your physical health at the same time, right? Um, exactly right. And you guys, and you guys understand that, and that's why we have such a great relationship, and and that's why we invest in each other. It's cool, like we understand that. What's what's more important, you know? Um, and what's more important is you as a person. Well, talking on your podcast, obviously, we're very thankful to be able to come here and help you highlight a bit more about your story and, and your experience over. Uh, over at the games but what, what can people expect moving forward from the pod obviously you come out last week with a with a short sharp here's what, what's going on today it's a bit of a share your story but what can people expect and why should they follow along the journey man the journey's so unique and like i could have never imagined where my spikes would take me and like everywhere like i just spoke about speaking to greg foster and like a call from prime minister. These are all stories like the outside of the track, but what's important is I got to these opportunities and these stories, creating these stories through, through getting better at sports and, and, um, you know, achieving all these things in, in track. So what people will have to expect is, you know, I love, I love the sport. So that's, that's number one priorities to continue to do that um, at all costs. And, and, you know, really do try to bring home a few medals in the next few years leading up to Paris. You know, we got Birmingham next year. We got world champs. We got Paris. We got that. So that's that's what people can expect. And then, and then you know, I do write a lot of blogs and stuff like that. So I'll, I will write a bit of my journey and, and all these things. And, and, yeah, just to follow the journey. So to follow the journey and the people that I meet, you know, across the way. Like you boys. We've, we've known each other for a year now. And... I mean, it wasn't just, and that's the thing about investing in people. It wasn't just one podcast and it was like, okay, that's it. We haven't spoken again. Like we caught up at Benny and me and we speak, catch up all the time and, and we will continue to do so. So people like that and, 
and then people that I look up to and around the sport as well. And then there's the community focus. I love, I'm community focused. So there's the community focus as well, giving back to the community and, and having a few, a few of them share their stories and stuff like that. So it'd be cool, man. I think I'm so excited man. just having these different conversations and getting all these insights and, and learnings. Cause that's, that's literally how I've been learning the whole time. You know, um, I love reading and all this. I love reading and, and researching, but there's just so much power in conversations because you just happen to remember them a lot more. So say, where was I? I think I was in South Africa. I was reading Trevor Noah, Born a Crime. It's a great book. And then I went to South Africa and spoke to the people. It's just like, wow, like those things I will never forget. Like that book, I took a lot out of it, but like those conversations in South Africa I took a lot. It's cool. Even, even in Tokyo, I met, I mean, the Sudanese, the Sudanese team came up to me um, spoke to me I got to meet them that was cool and then the South Sudanese team got to meet them the refugee team got to meet them um, it's just it's just like awesome stories that I write down and and if I don't write them I'll be speaking about them so there's a lot of value in them so yeah do be tuned uh, I'm not trying to sell the podcast yet <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah that's cool and I'm passionate about them like just talking about them right now it's it's you know, it gets you going. It's nice. Oh, mate, hundred percent. I feel like the best thing about having a podcast speaking from our point of view is the network and the connections you make. Like obviously you make them through athletics and um, all the stuff you're doing uh, in the community, but actually having a podcast and getting to meet people who you might not have ever met before that you're picking their brains and all of a sudden you'll be over somewhere in a year's time and they'll be there and you know (laughs) a little bit more about them and you have that rapport. And I feel like them connections and stuff is what, what you were saying is what you remember for the rest of your life, isn't it? Hmm. And also, you know, there's, I'll, I'll be, I'll be talking to you boys a lot. There's going to be a lot of advice and, you know, I'm humble enough to ask for advice and things I don't, I don't know as like this year, I think we've been working on this for like for a while and you guys have been bouncing back ideas back and forth and all these things. And I'm so appreciative of it at the same time. So, yeah. So thank you. And man, I can't wait for what's to come. And then also like your journey has been exciting. Like you could see how it's changed and like you started with this funny business, the well-being and all these things. I was just seeing it from the outside. Like I know people are always like, oh, you're so inspirational, but I just I get as much inspiration from people like yourselves and people doing things they love doing. I don't really care what it is as long as you love doing it and it brings a smile to your face. It just like, you know, that's that's inspiring. Like when people just love doing what they love doing, it's cool. Fucking love that. Oh, we love compliments. Oh, we love that, that too. But hey, man, before, before we wrap <laughs> up your own podcast, <laughs> if, if people are interested to find out more about you and, and where they can find you across different socials, where are you at? You'll be everywhere. You yeah, when's the OnlyFans coming, Pete? <laughs> I'll be everywhere. Well, mainly, let's see, um, mainly, mainly on Instagram and on LinkedIn. I do use that platform quite a bit. And then Twitter. So the podcast will be there. And then you know, you boys are obviously helping put it together. So um, funny business well-being group. Um, you guys have been doing a great job distributing that. So, yeah, I think follow the well-being group as well as, you know, I think I'm at people 800 every every platform. So if if you go type at people 800 and there's nothing there, then I'm not on that platform. 
<laughs> oh that's great i love that man well, thanks so much for letting us come on and, and help you unpick some of the the crazy story that was the olympics because like like we said coming from our experience be back being here in oz watching you over there and seeing how you captivated the nation man you should just be so proud and show your family and just excited to be alongside you and helping in any way shape or form as you continue to make the impact that you do because you're just such a good human Thank you. And, and before we go, where can people find you guys? Like, oh, I know mate. where I can find you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can find us on LinkedIn. We live on LinkedIn. Robbie Hicks and Lachlan Bradford, we're, we're normally on there. We live on um, Instagram as well. So funny business. We'll be probably commenting on all your photos, mate. So I think if they just go through your content, mate, you'll see our heads with the fire symbol or something next to it. So let's make it easy for the listeners, huh? And, and just quickly, um, the purpose of wellbeing group. Oh, well, mate, I think you hit the nail on the head. You hit the nail on the head earlier, man. It was about um, meeting the people, the deeper meaning behind what we're doing. And we've found since starting the pod and and doing all this business shit and and being exposed to all these amazing support and people that that was the most important thing. It's exactly how you see things. You know, it's more like it's, we've got one life and yes, we want to make it fun and all that sort of stuff. But uh, we really want to make sure we're looking after people and actually caring and supporting. And like you said, it's all about the journey. So I feel like once you, I don't know, we're trying to encapsulate that and, and build that out as best we can. And the content and stuff we're putting out, it's about, I guess our slogan is around life's too short to be unhappy. So for us, it's around providing, if it's content, if it's if it's products, if it's opportunities, whatever it is, it's about people getting the tools and, and, and tricks and, and tactics that they need to make actionable steps in their own life to put them forward in a better way. Because I think there's a lot of people out there at the moment who obviously were in the middle of a pandemic, but there's a lot of people like mental health is the biggest pandemic going on at the moment where it comes from people being sad you know they're not really sure what's going on in their life they don't have that purpose and that meaning so if we can put some good back out in the world and and do some things that can help people make take actionable steps that impact their lives that's what that's why we started so having you be able to tell your story and be involved with what we're doing it's just feels like a good match i love it love it and what i loved was your live show and i think there needs to be a people and well-being group live show once Melbourne's back to normal. I was going to say, mate, we'll come to Germany if you want. We're, we're happy to go anywhere <laughs> else, but here at the moment, like as long as it's not live on Zoom or something like that, we're, we're down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Next plane. You know, I am. Um, oh, I, I can't mate. promise you get back home though. That's no, well, look, we probably don't want to go back home, do we? Well, I've got a kid coming. So oh, maybe well, I'll have to, he has I to go think, back I home. Think, I think Rob might need to. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you can get yeah. some hot chocolates, baby, all day, every day. <laughs> Yeah, get get some coffee. Yeah, say no more. No, I appreciate you guys. This this has been so fun, and thank you for hopping on. You know, I was thinking about coming in and just speaking myself, and I said, nah, like come on, it'd be a lot more fun having the boys there. And it's been it's been great. It's awesome conversation, and I think you spoke about most things. And appreciate you guys. Hey, if you want to help Pete out, hit that uh, hit that review button on Apple Podcasts and leave him a review. It does it goes a long way to help him push up the ranking. So if you are new to the podcast game and you don't really listen to podcasts much and this is the first time you come about it in my spikes baby five stars five stars and leave a comment in in my spikes (laughs) hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.